0: Crystal. Oh, oh, hey. 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 So, yes, yesterday was my birthday. I am officially 37. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everybody who came out to party with me. It was officially my best Vermont birthday. Come on. I, will, I will vote for them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when Mike and Kristen asked me to share today, they asked me to share my testimony, my conversion story, and then I thought, I only have seven minutes. Um, and there's a lot of details that go into the back end of how you would actually understand how this thing went together. So I'm going to try to run through a little bit of it. But I'm going to um, try to give you a guiding scripture for it first. So if you can turn with me to Philippians 3, 7 through 11. The professor and me didn't have the slides, but you know. Oh, can you hear me now? Okay. So in Philippians 3, 7 through 11, it says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. It goes on to say, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in the death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. I was born in a little town in North Carolina to Uh, a father who uh, had lost his legs in Vietnam and a mother who had worked herself up through the social ranks of that town. So she was born down the hill. After she married a military man, they moved back to that town and built a house up the hill. Her children had to be up-the-hill kids, right? Uh, my, father and, uh, my brother and I are eight years apart. That's like having two only children. So I was the second of those two. I'm the youngest. And uh, growing up in the house, I was often left out. Not purposely, but there were things that had happened in those eight years that I wasn't born that made the family structure run a certain way. So I was provided for, but I wasn't necessarily included. I didn't really know all the family jokes. Um, I was also the youngest of all my cousins, so getting to play with someone was more like bribing them or it was their punishment from their mother, you know, you, you stay here with Chris, we're going to the mall, you know, something of that nature, right? So I always learned how to get people's attention, and, you know, uh, that in, you, most of you know, if you don't know, I'm a professional dancer, getting people's attention is what I do for a living. Uh, it's a little bit of an occupational hazard in terms of building relationships, because I have the eyes of thousands of people on me most of the time, so when I want the attention of one person and I can't get it, things go to hell in a handbasket. Uh, So that kind of configuration of getting people's attention at an early age really fed into my personality and how I saw myself in terms of how other people understood if I was worthy of their attention or not. Um, I have a subjective career, like I just said, but also I've been deduced or... Um, accepted a lot of my life for accolades and accomplishments. Um, if you go into my mother's house right now, I'm 37 years old. There's a trophy room. Oh. If you went into her house, you would think my brother doesn't exist, oh. right? You would think that, oh, look at this child that I have that has done all these things. And this woman, there are times where I get phone calls from little from people in our hometown that say, oh, I saw the article in the paper about you, and I have no idea what it's about. It's my mother telling people now what I still do even though I don't live there right so it's this idea that doing gets people's attention people's attention um and their acceptance of what you do gives guarantees you their love and their care so in my mind that's always been something that I've struggled with getting people's attention and maybe not necessarily them getting to know me but accepting me for the things that I do so um I've been doing that for a long time. Some of you know I also had a dance company in New York. And so I've been all over the world with this thing called dance, and it's kind of allowed me to be in other uh, situations, cultures, countries, and that's how people have basically accepted who I am. I call it putting the medicine in the candy. I get in the door with the dancing, and then I talk to you about who I am. Right? So it's just a way of getting and building relationships. Um, so it was really, uh, it was really a, a different perspective for me to join the church because although it was very freeing because I got to walk into rooms of people who had no idea who I was and they didn't know anything about the dancing and they were just like so who's this lady so great you know, and I was like yes hey how are you like you have no idea none of this matters to you and it was great but I realized um, that my perception of myself had to shift in those scenarios as well. Um, So um, when I thought about what I I wanted to share today, um, I remember that a brother a few months ago asked me something. He said, "Um, what's changed about you since you've become a disciple? And I said, I trust people less. Uh, And it seemed kind of harsh at the time, but I remember going through the hardest time in my life when I had lost everything, when I had lost my Um, artistic vision my desire to do and people around me were congratulating me on being so thin and looking so good because I was so stressed out I had lost 30 pounds I look like that and uh, most of the people in my field were like oh my god diva you are fierce you are really working that and I was like I'm dying on the inside and no one knew and so my pers- my, I learned to trust myself more and people less because what they see is never usually what's really going on. Um, and so I thought more about this in terms of um, just what the Bible says about who we are and who we should be. And over in 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, it says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the, among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. So I thought about, you know, there's still a power in this. Yeah. They may be seeing the wrong thing, but it's my job to still do the right thing. Yeah. And at this time, there was a woman in my company who worked for me for about six years. And she said, you want to come to church? And uh, I knew she had been going to the church for years, um, but my mother was coming into town for Easter, and so I was like, yeah, i got to take my mama somewhere on Easter. Yes, let's go. I'm, I'll be there. Um, and I walked in that day, and I had been going through a really tumultuous time. Um, I had, Gabe was maybe eight months old. Uh, his father and I had separated, and I was in a really dire situation. And... Um, that day she said, you know, I was there. And it was kind of my own little personal resurrection. You know, we, we talk a lot about how people show up to church on Christmas and Easter. But, you know, it works. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the beginning of my own personal resurrection that Easter Sunday. And I then started studying the Bible with a group of women that I always refer to as the superheroes. Uh, and those women showed me the true meaning of faith. There were women who studied the Bible with me who were, had eviction notices on their door. Their husbands were out of work, and they would be calling me saying, you want to study today? And I'd be like, wait, wait, I'm a doer. we got to figure out, we got to get your rent paid. Hold on, hold that Bible. we got to get some money in here, you know. And so um, those things were really challenging for me, to see that their faith was that strong. Um, and it was, it was a reminder for me of all the things that God had made out of my life. Um, I may not have always proclaimed the name Jesus, but I always claimed God as my 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 vision quest he was he was what was going on in the building of a company from a little girl from the south being able to travel around the world it's just not it was it was never me and i knew that um and so my perspective has shifted in that way and then that brings me to one of the things that kind of guides my life in terms of all the things that have been perceived as wrong and god making them right and it's in proverbs 3 5 through 6 it says trust in the lord With all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. So, no matter how I've meandered away and how I've gone through these different um, incarnations of myself, God has seemed to come in and make the whole thing right. And I'm standing here now. Amen. Amen.